Welcome everyone to this edition of Tech Investment Insights. Today we'll be speaking with NVIDIA Corporation and with Tony Tamazi, the Senior Vice President of Continent Technology from NVIDIA. NVIDIA is one of the world's largest makers of GPUs, chips, and other processing equipment and hardware that supports gaming and professional visualization and other such uses. We'll be talking with Tony today about NVIDIA's technological capabilities, about some pioneering developments in NVIDIA that are impactful for both the company as well as the sector at large, um, and where these technologies are going forward um, in their development and impact on the ordinary uh, customer as well as institutional customer. And so with that, welcome, Tony, to Tech Investment Insights. Thank you. Glad to be here. Wonderful. And so NVIDIA has seen an explosion in growth in recent years, bolstered in particular by major advancements in the gaming, hardware, software, and internet service industries, as well as the company's ability to capture that in innovation. How has NVIDIA been able to gain so much traction in terms of these technologies, and how do you see it continuing to do so? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And I think it's really kind of fundamental to NVIDIA's maybe philosophy or DNA and I think that's that we, we really try to tackle the, the most challenging problems in graphics and computing. Um, mm. And in graphics, probably the most challenging problem has been, has been gaming, which is a, a real-time graphics problem. And if you think about graphics, the, the place where it started maybe was uh, the film industry and special effects. And they have the advantage of if they want to produce a frame, they can use a warehouse full of computers and spend half a day rendering a single frame. Whereas in the real-time or gaming industry, we have a fraction of a second to render you know, that frame as, as good as we can. Um, and of course, the, the film industry has transitioned from previous styles of rendering to something called ray tracing um, several decades ago because it's algorithmically a, a more robust way to, to render a good-looking picture. The challenge, of course, is that it's incredibly computationally expensive. Uh, but in fact, that's one of those kind of challenges that NVIDIA loves to take up. Um, it seemed kind mm -hmm. of impossible, but uh, well more than a decade ago, we decided we were going to tackle that challenge, uh, bring ray tracing to GPUs, and then try to bring ray tracing to real time. Uh, and we mm -hmm. did that by acquiring companies and investing heavily on an architecture, research, software, and hardware side. Uh, we delivered things like iRay and Optics to accelerate GPU rendering for the film industry, continued mm -hmm. to invest, and then recently with the Turing architecture, brought technology to roughly deliver an order of magnitude increase in real-time ray tracing performance, making that possible in games. Similarly, for, um, for computing, we saw that uh, actually even earlier in, than the ray tracing, we saw people were trying to use graphics processors for things other than graphics. And there's a trend out there called GPGPU, general purpose GPU. Um, so what we decided to do was invest, and we built an architecture that allowed general purpose programming, a CUDA, basically C for, uh, for GPUs, uh, so that people could apply that parallel processing power of the GPU to things other than graphics. And that's caused an explosion in a variety of industries. Um, and one of the most important, of course, has been in AI, which I would argue that the explosion in AI capability and processing just fundamentally would not have been possible without GPUs. Okay, wow. Yeah, and certainly we see every day now how AI is affecting <clears throat> many industries, many products, consumers, all over and is rapidly developing as well. 
Um, and so you, you mentioned a bit about ray tracing and how the film industry began it, and now it's making its way over to gaming, uh, in part due to NVIDIA's uh, pioneering in that field. And so how, can you explain more in detail how exactly ray tracing works, um, what exactly makes it so special? Um, and we see many games nowadays utilizing it, many uh, big brand names. Um, and so how, what, what exactly is the impact of ray tracing? Why is it so distinct? And how does NVIDIA see uh, it going forward for the company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, fundamentally, you know, at the really high level, there's a, a, a kind of two main approaches to, uh, to rendering. One of them is kind of, I'll call it processing pixels that are on the screen. Um, and that could be called rasterization. And that's really where film maybe started, and that's where games have been <clears throat> really for the last several decades. The other is to model the physical properties of light, uh, and that's ray tracing. And algorithmically, that's just kind of a more correct way to do it. It's just more robust. So, for example, to compute shadows um, in a rasterization approach, you have to um, use what are called shadow maps, which are kind of fancy texture maps which you project into the, the screen to uh, try to approximate where the shadow should fall. With mm -hmm. ray tracing, you literally compute the, the rays from the surfaces, you trace them to light sources, you find the mm -hmm. rays that are blocked by things in between the object and the light source, and of course that would be uh, something that's in shadow. So algorithmically, it's just much more fundamentally robust and sound. The challenge, of mm -hmm. course, is that it's incredibly expensive, because to do this well, you have to shoot you know, multiple rays, sometimes dozens of rays, from literally every pixel on the screen, and typically on a modern computer display, there's two to four million pixels on a screen. So now you're shooting 20 to, you know, 200 million rays uh, for every frame, and of course you need to run that at 60 frames a second or more for a video game. So you're talking about, you know, potentially billions of rays per second, wow. and there's an incredible amount of computation to do that. If we tried to approach this in the traditional way with kind of CPU-style programming, we would have never gotten there. So we had to find fundamental breakthroughs to allow billions of rays per second to be processed on the GPU, and that's what we did. We invented a thing called an RT core, a ray tracing core, which is dedicated acceleration hardware to make that ray casting uh, capability roughly speaking 10 times faster than it was before. And that's what's allowed us to bring those algorithms uh, to real time, and now you're seeing things like reflections and shadows and global illumination and ambient occlusion all being computed using ray trace methods, which are just fundamentally more robust. And that has advantages in that the picture looks better, and algorithmically, because it's kind of more correct, the programmers and artists have to spend, I'll call it less time, kind of cleaning it up. Um, the old approaches were all kind of approximations, which means they all had artifacts and issues, and you had to fix them, where ray tracing is just fundamentally sound. Um, and that's, again, back to that philosophy. I mean, just because it's a hard problem doesn't mean you shouldn't chase after it. In fact, with NVIDIA, those hard problems are often the right ones to chase after because they, they solve something that's truly valuable. Um, and it's, you know, we've been working at this for a decade, and it's, you know, we just keep cranking away, investing in it, um, until we make that breakthrough. Wow. And certainly it seems to be, uh, certainly seems to be making an impact. Uh, certainly many games we often see nowadays on the advertisements, they seem to have very... Uh, High, uh, a very high level of graphics, and so that explains how they do it. Um, yeah, I might just add a little. I mean, mm -hmm. so I've been in the graphics industry for, 
I don't know, 25 years, uh, quite a while. Um, and so for many of us that have been in the graphics industry, ray tracing, we've kind of always known that ray tracing in the future, and in fact, there's even been presentations at trade shows like SIGGRAPH, which is the main technical conference for graphics, called um, Ray Tracing is the Technology of the Future and Always Will Be, which kind of implies that it's always just out of reach, but we just refused to accept that, and so we kept cranking at it. And at this last E3, um, E3 uh, a couple of months ago, I, I've got to say it was really gratifying to, to roll up to the conference halls, these huge venues, and see these giant banners, which are, you know, thousands of square feet of, of banner for mm -hmm. games like Call of Duty and mm -hmm. Cyberpunk and Watch Dogs, the, you know, these huge mm -hmm. AAA blockbusters, all of which are going to be using ray tracing. Um, and to see that kind of transition in an industry has been, you know, super exciting and super gratifying. And it's been the work of literally hundreds or thousands of people at NVIDIA to try to make that happen. So while we didn't invent ray tracing, we've certainly, mm -hmm. you know, contributed probably as much or more than any to making that real-time, you know, possibility happen. Wow, that's incredible. And certainly it sounds like it's uh, now making a big impact on the, uh, the general public, the video game, gaming community, and the, uh, the gaming sector overall. Um, and so actually on that, so we see the gaming sector overall right now is experiencing massive change, both in terms of the technology, such as uh, ray tracing, for example, as well as the way it's organized, um, the kind of services available. Um, we see esports on the rise, uh, mobile, et cetera. And all, there's a lot of changes going on in the gaming sector. And so what do you think are the most interesting trends going on right now, whether technology or organization-wise, um, in the overall gaming industry, and how do you see NVIDIA possibly um, capitalizing on them in the future? Sure, sure. Well, you, you mentioned a few. Um, for example, eSports is interesting in that it's, um, to me, it's kind of brought, I'll call it gaming out of the closet. Uh, you know, some of us in the graphics industry and gaming industry, if you wind the clock back 20 years ago, people didn't admit they were gamers, right? It was kind of one of those things that were Oh, you play games, you know. Now, right, huge sponsors like, you know, Visa or Gatorade are promoting giant sports venues and there's millions of viewers. In fact, some of the big esports contests have more viewers than traditional physical sports, right? So it's, it's really made kind of gaming become mainstream. Um, mm -hmm. And it's almost everyone's a gamer to some extent who hasn't played a game on their phone or who has, so it, that's that's really caused an explosion in gaming, um, which has of course allowed the industry itself to invest um, more and produce higher quality games. Now, a couple of the key technology components we've already talked about both of them in fact um, are ray mm -hmm. tracing and in fact AI. So we've talked about ray tracing and how it can produce a better looking picture, um, and that's important because it brings the real time games kind of closer to the image quality that you might get out of a movie or a film. And that just makes them more, inverse, more immersive, more enjoyable. Um, and it's kind of both broadens the reach and broadens the, um, the appeal of those games. Um, the other thing about ray tracing is that um, there's a, a phase of gaming in the development process where you have to do a bunch of fancy what I'll call pre-computation. You have to spend artist time and engineering time to kind of craft the way that world looks. Um, and GPU ray tracing can actually um, improve that. It can make that workflow faster. So I think not only will it make the pictures that the GPUs draw prettier, but it can actually help make the games just fundamentally look better in general. And that's also going to be true for artificial intelligence. So um, AI, of course, transforms pretty much every industry, and gaming is no exception. Uh, of course, 
big data analytics is a key portion of that. All big publishers and developers want to know what do people enjoy? Where do they spend their time in their game? You know, where are people getting killed too much? Maybe I need to tone down the, the monsters. You know, where do they spend most of their time? Is that where this, you know, where do they spend um, no time? And so you can use AI to wade through those analytics and help build, you know, better and more enjoyable games. But in, you know, beyond just the data portion of it, you can actually use AI to actually make games. So, for example, let's say you're going to build a big um, MMO, a massive multiplayer online game like World of Warcraft, but you want, to, you want to build one that's even bigger. Well, so now you've got to build these enormous worlds, right? Literally continents full of places and people and creatures to see. That means you have to hire artists to model all of that and texture it and animate it. And, and oh my goodness, just imagine the investment required to you know, build a photorealistic world that's multiple continents. If you can use AI, you can actually have an AI learn the way an artist might create something. They can create kind of what I'd call seed biomes, kind of examples of how a desert terrain might look or a jungle terrain might look. And then you can have AI fill in those vast landscapes without having the artist to have to do that kind of what I'll call the, the tedious mm -hmm. work. They can spend their time on raw creation as opposed to just, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, copy paste is a little too, too basic, but that kind of thing, you know, filling out the terrain. So that's, um, you know, that's one potential advance that, that AI can do there. AI can um, potentially make games more dynamic. So today, the behavior of the monsters in most games, the AI in the games, is actually scripted. It basically says, you know, if the players stand here, do that. If they go there, do that, you know, that kind of a thing. Imagine mm -hmm. an AI that actually learned from the player behavior because the way games are played you know, for the boss fights, once the players figure out that scripted behavior, you know, the YouTube video goes up, um, or people watch the Twitch stream, and then it's, they, the goal is to learn the dance moves, right? They just, mm -hmm. however those other people did it, I'm going to do that. They're not really playing the game, they're really just learning the dance. Imagine if AI and games mm -hmm. actually learned from players. So, sure, the first time the players, they learn the dance moves, they, they beat the monster, but now the monster learns from the players and reacts. Yeah. And so oh, you can't constantly just repeat the dance moves. You have to kind of dynamically learn how to adapt, and, and it's a, a much more involving and immersive thing, which is why a lot of those player versus player games, like the Battle Royale games, tend to be so interesting. It's because it's you know, all players against all players, and the AI of people <laughs> isn't AI. It's, you know, it's, it's actually mm -hmm. intelligent. So imagine if the, the, the NPCs in games were, were that fun to play against. I mean, it would really you know, turbocharge and transform gaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it. And certainly it sounds like uh, those kind of uh, uh, reactive AI and uh, AI development uh, requires a very high capacity computing equipment as well. And that actually goes into our uh, last question to discuss is uh, you mentioned before a little bit, but um, one of the ways uh, NVIDIA stands out is through its GPUs. That's its uh, bread and butter, so to say. And so so overall for NVIDIA GPUs, so what makes them special and distinct? Why do we always hear about how uh, amazing NVIDIA GPUs are for gaming especially? Um, and what kind of advancements are there still coming up for NVIDIA GPUs? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I think it's uh, maybe a two- or three-fold answer. I think the first is on the core architecture. We, um, we've already talked about it. We invest early on really hard problems. Um, and then we develop technologies yeah. that kind of provide breakthrough levels of performance for those, kind of order of magnitude or better kinds of things. 
Uh, the mm -hmm. second is that from a, a raw architecture perspective, we design our architectures to scale from, you know, basically mobile devices like the processes that are in the Nintendo Switch, all the way up to the to the limits of semiconductor process, you know, basically mm -hmm. reticle, the the limits of the actual device physics itself, and then actually even beyond mm -hmm. that, um, in that we design not just for a single device but large systems, in fact, entire data centers, mm -hmm. um, and that's. That's a fundamental difference, I think, that, that, that we have. And then thirdly, we don't even just focus on the device itself. We actually focus on the entire, what I call a full stack, right? So a GPU is a processor, but that processor runs uh, drivers and compilers and programming languages and tools, and um, there's communication between those processors that's massively parallel. And so we, we build yeah. algorithms and tools and software that focuses on solving the, the hard problems as opposed to just building a chip. Um, and that's this kind of approach that NVIDIA has, which I think makes us fundamentally different than a lot of companies in that we don't, we don't just build a chip. We try to solve a problem, and that can take a variety of forms. So, you, you know, sometimes we'll go to market with a processor. Sometimes it's a graphics card. Sometimes it's a system. Sometimes it's a supercomputer. Um, and in each case of those, we try to build not just the hardware, but everything around it, the algorithms, the kernels, the libraries, the tools, you know, mm -hmm. a full stack and solution so that the, the end users or the customers can actually solve their problems. And we try mm -hmm. to, we help solve those problems for them. Um, and that's, that's kind of a philosophical difference we have that I think makes us pretty distinct from almost any other company. Mm -hmm. Well, so I'm be very excited to see in the upcoming few years uh, where NVIDIA goes with all these variety of technologies, as well as where the gaming, as well as uh, broader AI and uh, <clears throat> technology sectors develop, continue to develop as well. And so thank you so much, Tony, again. Uh, Tony Tamazi, Senior Vice President of Content and Technology at NVIDIA Corporation, for joining us today. The Tech Investment Sure. Advice. Thank you.